the game right now is at the plate. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope you guys are having a great week. Welcome back to the Source Podcast. Uh, Juan Palomino here and my dynamic duo today is... Hey, it's uh, it's me. <laughs> it's the regular regular guy. He's always here. Big Josh. <laughs> hey, we're missing uh, Clemente today. Shout out to him. If you guys can keep him in prayers, uh, he is moving. Uh, you know, God has blessed him to move his family into a uh, home as his family is growing. And so he's out right now laboring. Yeah, like like you talking through that mask right now. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, still still uh, taking care of my fam around here, man. It's been around uh, some few people, and I told Josh this morning, I said, uh, "Hey, man, I'm gonna be struggling a little bit underneath this mask, but I'm gonna keep you safe, bro, and your family." So All good, thank yeah, you. Yeah, so hey, welcome everybody. Thank you so much for uh, always tuning in and uh, checking out the source. Don't forget to uh, subscribe, please, and uh, share, man. You know, share uh, the podcast if you love what you hear and uh, if this is a blessing to you. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're adapting on the fly. Yeah. We're in a new location. <laughs> hey, brother, I am in this comfy, cozy inside uh, Josh's pad right now. Normally we're uh, in the trap house. In the trap house. But I like this, man. This is comfort right here. Yeah, so the kids took over the trap house. That's now their school. That This is the, the trap house school back there. So all yeah. four of them are in there. They all have their own little Chromebooks or laptops. Yeah. And they're all working independently. Distance it's learning. Distant, distance learning. It was a challenge today. Yeah. There's something called Schoology for LA Unified. Huh. And it crashed like multiple oh. times. I couldn't get in for one of my kids. Yeah. Everybody else was good, for it, but Noah was the only one. I couldn't get into the Zoom the night before to, uh, you know, do the overview and like what to expect sure. and meet the teacher and all that stuff. So. Yes, yeah, it was a challenging morning, and then we had to move. I'm like, "What are we gonna record?" Yeah. So we're just we're literally in the living room, on the fly, baby. Yeah, feet up on the couch. <laughs> hey, man, Mobile. shout shout out to all you parents out there, single moms especially, man. You know, uh, I could just only imagine. You know, all of you, you know, with your jobs or your you know side hustle businesses, uh, all you entrepreneurs, and on top of that, learning how to teach your kids yeah. flow with. <laughs> You know, the the Chromebooks to Zoom, you know, crashing to right. all kinds of technology. So, man, what about the people who, you know, are are, are, are Rasa people who are just not tech savvy? Yeah, like have bro. no clue how to yeah. turn on a Chromebook. Maybe maybe don't even have Wi-Fi, dude. It's like, yeah, I've, I, I was I was thinking about that. Like, man, what about all the people who New don't challenges. know? It's, it's, it's a huge challenge. What about all the people, the parents who are at work Yeah, bro. and their kids are at home right now just yeah. to fend for themselves? You know, we used to make fun, remember this, uh, and maybe we were some of those kids, latchkey kids. Mm. You know, parents hustling, both mom and dad working. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. You know, nothing's, nothing's changed, right? right? Both parents are hustling, you know, trying to make it here in the United States of America, you know, trying to provide their family, a, uh, you know, obviously a better opportunity, a better future. And, you know, enter COVID-19 and uh, this this throws a wrench into everybody. Right. You know, now school right. is at home, but now the assistance that normally these kids would get with the TA, teacher's assistant, right. or, you know, hands-on is the, gone. Yeah, just the, the simple fact of being able to raise your hand and say, yeah. hey, I have a question. 
which they sort of do, but it's still, it's just, I mean, I'm going to talk to the kids later and see how their <laughs> first day was, but technically today was the first day of instruction. The yeah. first two days was kind of like a, a prep watching videos and whatnot, only sure. like an hour or two. And yeah, uh, but today's the actual day of instruction. So they're, Crazy. <laughs> they're, they're in there till like two o'clock. <laughs> hey, shout out to all the, all the, all the little men and women. Well, hopefully not the little girls, but the little boys showing up in their chonies to uh, their Zoom calls. <laughs> that was my son Noah yesterday, uh, Monday. I love those pictures, bro. As adults, you know how we're, you know, we're half dressed yeah. from the waist up. You know, we're on Zoom call and we got a sport coat on or a, you know, a collared shirt. And but then underneath, you're chonies and your tanatanas. So uh, I get that, man. Yeah, it's it's been wild, brother. You know, so again, we're praying for all of you and keep us in prayer, brother. You know, keep us in yeah. prayers as well, guys. Um but yeah, man. What else? What else, brother? Uh, California's burning, bro. Bro, like Again. crazy. It, it, every year, and it's it's technically not even fire season yet, right? Right. So, which is yeah. Normally, you know, you get your your yeah, like August, but mainly it's September, September October, October is and, when we are lit up. And right now, so the winds. It's crazy. We wake up what the last week, and it's been like a hundred and ten degrees, a hundred eight, hundred nine, hundred ten plus crappy you know air, air, uh, quality. air quality is terrible so dude 2020 bro it's nuts just throw it throw the whole year away dude and we won't even mention the couple earthquakes that we had in cali already <laughs> as well you know waking us up at four in the morning dude everything everything that you can expect except for short of jesus returning yeah 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 has yeah. happened at this, this year. point <laughs> it's like all right bro maranatha <laughs> you know what i mean so it's Come just like quickly, Lord. like be prepared you know i mean thankfully you know josh and i have gone through prayer school and uh you know but hey the lord hears all our prayers yeah yeah <laughs> but it's it's nuts man you know how you know everybody that exercises or how's your bike riding been going bro I have you put a hold it. to that I yeah it's too hot bro. it's just too hot yeah I, I i can't i just can't do it i can't go out um in that heat like that you know it's nuts it's just I, I would i would roast bro i would roast can you imagine bro i mean god forbid that you know you survive covid but then you die from terrible air quality Each, because yeah. of the fires yeah and then either right. way you're marked as covid anyways <laughs> oh man <laughs> but I that's that, i think we've talked that in our podcast before what that's all about right yeah because <laughs> yeah. you had a cough in like in, in uh in february <laughs> seriously it's nuts man so yeah man you know stay safe stay indoors those of you that are tuning in you know from california um man you know let's any, write, any write plans on are, uh on reopening the church yet or still yeah. we're still doing yeah Zoom you know we, great question you know we we made the decision to uh sit this out you know stay safe um i know a lot of my pastor friends are opening up you know now um you know, one of my friends is opening up actually this weekend. Uh, he's got a huge church, yeah. you know, 10, 15,000 people, um, you know, and so, you know, we're sitting this one out still until, you know, the beginning of the year, you know, so we're going to give it another four more months, October, November, September, October, November, oh, okay. December. Okay, so, so this year is just a wash. It's a wash for us yeah. in terms of meeting in person in person wow. you know well the benefit of it also of being a small church you know josh and everyone listening is that you know everyone you know uh, collectively as a church planter you know everyone is helping to start this church yeah and so it wasn't like we were you know we had you know 300 500 800 or a thousand people you know uh you know with us you know we're ranging between 50 to 80 people depending on the weekend yeah no that's a and good so, amount of people yeah and so we still you know <laughs> Every every church guy and gal out there is probably thinking, you know what? 
if we can come out of COVID-19 with 50% of the people that we started with, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. then we good. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. But uh, we've been doing good you know, online and you know, people are tuning in from all over the country. And uh, yeah, just right now, or just right now, I got a text from from my church, um, basically a calendar of the rest of the year, mm-hmm. kind of like what to expect and, and a text here. Let me read it real quick. It says, with all the uncertainty and inability to get together, Kelly and I have been waiting a little bit longer than usual to release our schedule for the fall. This COVID season has hit us each has hit each of us hard in different ways and at different rates only to be compounded by the absence of life rhythms, seasons, and connection to ground us. Yeah, It's my hope to find and create rhythms for us, even if they're modified online or socially distanced. So here's our very tentative fall schedule for the basic structure. We will release more details as we move along and make changes as we need. I know not everyone has been able to participate on the Zooms and other and others rightly feel concerned about doing any in-person gatherings. As mm. a community, I hope we can respect and include as many people as possible into this upcoming season and rhythm, whatever it looks like. Love y'all. So, yeah, awesome. and it's a tentative schedule of, you know, what, what's 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 coming up for the rest of the year and the different seri- series. And there's a yeah. Malibu be- Beach baptism in there. So yeah, yeah. interesting to see how that would, would yeah. be. That's in October. Well, well, you know what's what's crazy, Josh. It's it's given the church again the opportunity to still meet. Like when you say like meet collectively, that is like a corporate meeting, right? As a church all together. Yeah. But we haven't stopped meeting. Right. And we haven't stopped meeting oh, yeah. the church like you guys. Right. You know. Um. But we still meet with our small groups. You know. We still have you know uh, get-togethers. You know, dinner or whatever with you know our friends and family that are part of the church. Yeah. Um, and it's given an opportunity for us to extend to our neighbors, man, and reach out to them. So it's forced us to get out of the four walls, you right. know, of our buildings. So, yep, pretty much, man. Yep. Yep. Hey, uh, transitioning here real quick. We have a, uh, guest that is going to be, you know, jumping on here pretty soon on a call. Uh, we're going to give him a call and, uh, you know, his name is John Eklund and he, um, you know, he is, a pastor and founder of uh, a, a recovery ministry. And so, uh, Josh, we can hit him up, man. Give Let's him a call. Up. And uh, you guys are in for a treat, a great conversation uh, that we're going to have with, you know, John Eklund. See if we can get him on here. Hello. John Eklund. How you doing, brother? What's up? <laughs> hey, man. Um, everyone, again, this is uh, John Eklund. And uh, John, let me properly introduce you here, man. Um, great. Hey, just to let everybody know, you know, uh, John Eklund is pastor and founder of uh, Recovery Alive. It is a uh, 12-step recovery program that, man, just wants to meet people where they are, mm-hmm. you know, not where they want to be. And, uh, you know, they want to connect you to the power. I love that, man. I read that in your uh, in your website and on Facebook, John, and it's powerful. And they want to connect you to the power that gives life to the process and the people. And so, you know, John, you know, John Eklund, before starting uh, Recovery Alive, he was a national director for Celebrate Recovery, and uh, he led as the national encourager coach. Is that correct, John? Yes, sir. Yeah, and he helped uh, create one of uh, the one-day seminars, uh, you know, from curriculum. He helped out to uh, put together also the East Coast and West Coast summits uh, where, man, thousands of people from all over, not just the country, from the world, would come to get training for their ministries mm-hmm. in their home churches. And uh, John, what I love about you, man, is that you also spearheaded the One More Initiative. 
Yes, and, sir. And you also brought, I mean, big time, big time awareness to the opioid epidemic that obviously our country is battling and uh, dealing with. And, uh, you know, John's also married uh, to Janine and also has four not one, two, three, but four beautiful daughters. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> we are praying for you, brother. Yeah, man. <laughs> and so, John, so I want to, uh, you know, formally just uh, welcome you to the Source Podcast, man. And uh, and I want to introduce you also to uh, my dynamic duo here. You know, Josh is here on the on the call with us as well. Hey, Josh. Hey, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on. Good to meet you, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, brother. Hey, uh, John. Let me let me kick this off, man. And hey. Uh, our listeners and uh, you know would love to know, man. How how did you end up uh, out the gate here? Let's kick this off. How did you end up in the recovery world? Give us, you know, uh, the lowdown. That's a good question. So, um, I at the age of about twenty one years old, twenty two years old, I found myself in a situation where I had uh, I had kind of come to the end of my uh, emotional and spiritual rope. I was running from God. I'd grown up in the church, um, felt sort of betrayed. I know a lot of people maybe listening and struggle with, with church hurt. That seems to be um, becoming a almost an epidemic of its own. Yeah. Um, I, I struggled a lot of church hurt and just um, struggling with some things with my family. Um, and in that kind of mix of bitterness, anger, frustration, I was just I was just kind of done with with God and the church. And uh, in doing that, I uh, I started rebelling a little later, probably than most folks, but you know, still just as uh, messed up. Eighteen, nineteen years old, started started drinking, and um, uh, had struggled with some d- depression in the in the past. Um, as a kid, I was kind of bullied. I was a chubby kid who got who got um, bullied quite a bit, and and um, very very insecure. Just mm-hmm. all. Just a just a big old mix of, of junk, and, and yeah. found myself in a upstairs apartment, um, twenty one years old, with a double barrel shotgun across my lap, and mm. had it loaded. And um, I remember, I just I, I remember very vividly looking down the barrel and just going like, if I can get my if I can get myself to look down the barrel, of this thing maybe I can pull the trigger, and. Uh, had just been been drinking, um, binge drinking, to the point where barely could keep a job at a at a grocery store, just cleaning the floors at night, and mm. just just at the end of my rope. And I and I, you know, I could go deeper into this, but just simply, just like the Word of God says, man, all call on the name of the Lord will be saved. I mm-hmm. I just said a very s- sort of simple and very selfish actually prayer where I said, you know, if I don't hear from you, God. Uh, you know, I'm going to pull this trigger. It was kind of a very, like a selfish little kid, you know, with an ultimatum to God. And, yeah. But he, but he answered me. He met me where I was. Mm. And, uh, and basically my life has never been the same since now. Let me just say like, that was not a finish line. I think a lot of Christian folks think like, Hey, you do that and life's perfect. But, um, after that, um, it was kind of the starting line of of me kind of really getting honest with who I was, and yeah. and then uh, and then you know I I, I kind of got myself into a situation where I went to a Christian school, married a a, a beautiful woman named Janine, and yeah. and um, and then really discovered that the core of my struggle was was something called codependency. I didn't know it at the time, but mm. you know I got together with this woman who had a. <laughs> 
devastatingly life-threatening, all-pervasive eating disorder. It just consumed her life, consumed her. Um, and we got married, and for the next, you know, almost decade and a half, she uh, she struggled with, with an eating disorder, and I struggled with her. Mm. Um, and codependency is really is is just as as destructive and and problematic as any addiction and i i did everything i could to save her yeah. um ha- hated her at the same time that i was trying to to rescue her hated her because really i felt like her failure was a reflection of of me mm. her failure was my failure yeah and um my attempts to relieve her issue was really more of an attempt to relieve my my own struggle of of control you know step one stuff where you know i had a control issue or where i I didn't realize i was powerless over my marriage powerless over my wife yeah um and so she she went into treatment i kind of like at that point i was i was uh i'd become a national director of celebrate recovery and i had a wife in inpatient treatment i felt like man what a hypocrite i am but but i was a hypocrite because i it wasn't because I had a wife in treatment; it's because I wasn't really working the program. Wow. So um, mm-hmm. I was I was really involved in a a program that I wanted to help all those people, but I didn't realize I was one of those people. Mm. And uh, recovery really kind of kicked into gear at that point in time when I when I really started, um, you know, working through my codependency, working through um, my own issues with uh, with my insecurity and root causes of codependency. Mm. Uh, through twelve step processes and and a, uh, you know some really good accountability partners and sponsor and my wife found her own way, believe it or not, crazy she didn't need me um, <laughs> to do that and uh, <laughs> and when she when she started working her program, man it just it was incredible our whole family is has been a part of the recovery process and and it just it it truly does work if you work it it's yeah. uh it's it's really you know the twelve steps are really um it's really a discipleship program that uh, I'm, I'm doing a lot more work and research into how powerful the the and, and inspired those twelve steps were 85 years ago. Bill right. Wilson Bill w., having yeah. this incredible spiritual experience with mm-hmm. the living God, mm-hmm. and uh, at no point in time, man, you read you read his story, you read you know the big book, you read um, so much Lois's story, his wife. And you read a, a man who had an encounter with the living God, and um, it's 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 unfortunately neglected in in today's very secularized world and in other you know programs how yeah. how important important a foundation uh, Bill W laid with the twelve steps. It's pretty it's pretty pretty amazing. So that that's a little bit of my story. Hey, this this is Josh talking. Um, hey, Josh, I, uh, I, that was that was incredible. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, I'm actually, I actually don't know anything about 12 step program. Could you speak a little bit more about exactly what is 12 steps? I always thought it was like a secular type of program. Uh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a guy who doesn't know. So if you could break it down, maybe some of our listeners are kind of in that same boat. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, um, you know, Bill W., was a man who uh he was a stockbroker life kind of fell apart married a pretty amazing lady um they tried to keep up appearances she did the best she could um but he became just a 
an addict where everything got taken from him. I mean, his whole life fell apart and, and Lois just tried to keep on picking up the pieces, kept picking up the pieces. Um, it's, it's funny as I've been, my wife and I have been kind of looking through it and I, I knew some of it, but I mean, I, I get emotional thinking about how, how this is like, this guy is kind of like a pioneer. Well, he's a pioneer of something yeah. that, that today we, we, it, I, for me anyway, this is a way of life for me. And, and here, I don't even know this guy who's like the, kind of, of the founding father of, of recovery, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he got to a place where he had tried three different times to go into this Manhattan hospital for this experimental treatment. Um, and so on his third time there, he had already been talking with a, a fella who had been going to something called uh, the Oxford Group. It was a guy by the name of Ebby Thatcher. He um, started sharing the gospel with Bill Wilson after this Ebby Thatcher had had a, an experience with the saving grace of Christ through this Oxford Group Bible study. Um, and then Thatcher started, he remained sober for several weeks. Um, Thatcher told Wilson, he says, his explanation was, he said, in effect, I've been raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Wilson's like, well, that's crazy because he knew Thatcher, right? He knew like this guy was like him, a hopeless addict. And, um, and so Thatcher had been just drilling this stuff into him, you know? And so he said at one point in time in that Manhattan hospital, just all by himself, he humbly offered himself to God. And, uh, this is a direct quote from Wilson. He says, you know, I humbly asked myself, I offered myself to God. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the very first time that of myself I was nothing, mm. that without him I was lost. I ruthlessly mm. faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away, root and branch. I have not had a drink since. Wow. That's powerful. That's the foundation of the 12 steps. And then so, you know, Wilson just relentlessly started to go after this incredible um, experience to, to ultimately offer it to other folks. Um, and it's a really cool story. You get a chance to, to read Lois's story. It's, it's a pretty neat story because she, so these guys started coming over to, to Bill's house, Dr. Bob and, and Bill started kind of working together and these guys started coming over to, to Bill's house. And uh, I mean, just, and taking up all their space. And of course, Bill Wilson's, you know, he immediately becomes a codependent because he's just like trying to save all these guys <laughs> and he's neglecting Lois. And he, Lois says they got in this horrible fight where she, she's just screaming at him and throws a high heel at him. You know, it's a really, it's, it's very honest story, you know? And, uh, and, and he just goes out, you know, he's frustrated and goes out and goes to his group and Lois walks out. She says she walked out on her front porch and she's looking out there and she sees a line of cars out in front of her house, and they're all running. And, and in each car in the in the passenger seat sits a woman. Mm. So she goes, you know what? And she she goes up to the first car. She sees she knocks on the window, and the window comes out. And she goes, hey, you want to come in and get some coffee? And uh, and the woman says, sure. And these are all, of course, women, uh, you know, wives or whatever of the people who the men and who are in the the AA groups. And so she starts. So she gets this other lady and the two of them start just pulling women out of their cars. The next thing you know, there's a dozen of them meeting in the kitchen 
and that's the very first Al-Anon meeting that that ever happened. So, so good. it's just set, the story is very very cool of of how all this stuff started and really how relentless um, and insistent they were to really offer it um, as something that that they wouldn't necessarily make much of a profit on, if if anything. In fact, John D. Rockefeller was involved in helping to fund the program. Mm. I mean, I could go on and on, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty amazing story of how this, um, how this AA Alcoholics Anonymous 12 step program, um, exploded. And now, um, you know, we, we, we see a lot of people talking about it as a secular program, but let me just one more, one more quote from Bill. Sure. He says, we need to ask ourselves one short question. Do I now believe or am I willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him he's on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. So the actual, he's saying the actual cornerstone upon which AA and the 12 steps is built is a personal relationship with our higher power. Yeah. That is the foundation. Yeah. And uh, 85 years later, um, you know, there's, I think a conservative estimate is 2 million members of AA and 118,000 groups in 180 countries around the world. So mm. pretty, pretty awesome. Oh yeah. Hey John, you know, on that note, uh, this is you know, pastor Juan. Um, yes, What's powerful about Recovery Alive, if I could just transition here, is yes, you, you keep going back to the power, right? Yes. The power behind, you know, the the process, the power behind the people, the power behind the program. You know, um, I watched your kickoff, your launch uh, video, and there's two there's two reasons why, you know, you went from transitioning from Celebrate Recovery to recovery alive, you know, can you, can you touch on that brother? Cause I, I love your passion. Um, and I mean, without an argument, I mean, we, we understand, you know, recovery is a process and it's important, but there's something behind it, obviously that's more important. Can you share those, you know, those two reasons why you changed to recovery alive? Well, you know, it's a, 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 a pastor recently who's been working uh, in our recovery program with me, his name is, is Pastor Glenn Raven, and just a tremendous man of God. Um, he shared just yesterday, and I mean, it, it, I about, I mean, I don't know. It, have you ever had, like, if somebody looked at you, they could see a light bulb going on over, <laughs> over your head? I mean, it was like amazing. Yeah. He's, so he says, you know, he's, he says, he says there there's this guy that Jesus encounters at the at the pool of Bethesda mm. and this guy is is laying there right and he's he's um he's somehow infirmed i think the king james says like impotent he's just he can't do anything right mm-hmm. and he's laying there and uh and and Jesus walks up to him if you remember he says and and this was the King James. This pastor is a he's he's old school, right? Yeah. So he says he says something like, "Wilt thou be made whole? Mm. Wilt thou be made whole?" And um, 
and so Pastor Glenn says, you know, this this situation is is a strange one. It's a strange question that, that he's laying there. Of course, you know, I don't think this guy wants to to sit there in his infirmity and and just not be healed, you know. But but Jesus is like going, I'm I'm asking you this question. Do you basically do you want to be made well? Do you want to be yeah. made whole? And the man's answer was, well, I don't have anybody to carry me down to the pool when it stirs, right? Mm. And I don't know if you remember this story. Yeah, and absolutely. So I've heard, I've heard a bunch of ways that this scripture has been, been kind of preached before. And so I was kind of waiting for the usual, um, kind of the usual interpretation. But he says, you know, he says, Recovery Alive is about, and this is during a Wednesday lunch meeting, he's sharing this. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, Recovery Alive is about, uh, is about power. And people and process, you know, we need a power greater in ourselves. We need people who are supportive and safe in a process to help us mature in our in our recovery growth and our in our relationship with Christ, right? But he says, listen, he says what the man lost focus of is the fact that the very power of God was personified in front of him. And he's losing focus of that because he was he 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 had put all of his hope in a process. Mm-hmm. He his explanation to like, do you want to be made whole? Was like the only way I can do it is if I go down to that pool while the man mm-hmm. who can heal him is standing right in front of him. <laughs> Amen. And I I'm like Pastor Glenn. He got <laughs> it, man. He got it. And so I think at times, uh, even the greatest processes, even the best processes can sometimes become something of an idol. It, it can become yeah. something where, where we, where we, we look to the process and, um, and the power kind of takes a back seat. And so, um, it, and, and this is just personal to me and to my experience is that I had allowed, and I had seen in my own experience, I'd seen a process in many cases become more important than the power of God mm. um, that is behind the process. And I, and, and to have the ability to let the power interrupt the process, even if the, even if the, yeah. the, the, the process is fantastic, it's done a lot of great work, but, sure. but if we are, if, you know, the Holy spirit, Jesus describes in John chapter three, he says, he's, he's talking to Nicodemus. I don't know if you remember, he's, he's mm-hmm. saying, look, He's trying to describe something to a man who knew the process. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's talking to a Pharisee. He's talking to a guy who knows the process better than anybody. He knows yeah. the law. He knows how it works. And Jesus, at one point in time, he's looking at him, he's, and he's he's telling him, you have to be born again. And, and Nicodemus is like, I, I, he's looking at Jesus in my mind going, I don't know what <laughs> you're talking about. Yeah. You know, I have to go back into my mother's womb. Confused. And Jesus— yeah, and Jesus looks at him and says, "You are a teacher, and you don't understand this stuff." <laughs> and then he says, "This he says, the wind blows where it will, so it is with the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's just something that we have got to get our sails ready for, and it's something you know, it's something that you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, at one point in time, Jesus is spitting in the mud and rubbing it in someone's face to heal them." Yeah. Um, so if I start a healing ministry and I say the only way you can heal somebody is through, you know, me hacking a loogie in your face, you know, that <laughs> that would be a biblical response to say, uh, 
I, I lived in West Virginia, and they they had churches literally. You know that, yeah. that they they got snakes. Yeah, you know that they're pulling out and stuff wow. like that. So <laughs> there's all kinds of processes we can say. No, this is the way you do it. But you know, ultimately for me, we needed to put the power where he belongs, and yeah. that is on the, yeah, on yeah. the throne. And just to say, ultimately, the power and the people take priority over any process that um that that man would devise and uh, ultimately as good as it is any recovery program including cell recovery AA, anything like that is ultimately a man and recovery life is a is a is a is a man-made process and yeah. we have to be ready you know to to have that interrupted and so a big part of recovery alive is is spending time um we have a lot of opportunity to spend time um, at the altar, making connections, you know, having people make a connection, not just with a process and not just with people, but with a living God, Right. you know, right. starting back 85 years ago, that's what happened when, when Bill W did, there was nobody in the room when Bill had his experience. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so just one of the bigger reasons for us is that we, we, we felt it, it vitally important to make sure that the power of God was prioritized over any process um, that was known to man and, um, and, and, you know, without getting into too many crazy specifics, uh, it's just been something that's been, uh, on my heart for a long time. I don't know what, you know, I grew up in, in a church where, where, uh, where that altar time and, and, um, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit was, was something that, uh, was very real. And, And, you know, it's, uh, I don't know what your guys' church experience is, but, you know, it, it can be, um, you know, it can be a little bit dangerous, quote unquote, um, to kind of let the Holy Spirit do whatever he will. Right. And um, and I say that, it's that, that, of course, that's not true, but it's like um, when you hear silence in the church, for example— if you hear silence in the church, you you usually wonder like, did, you know, did somebody screw something up? Did the track <laughs> not play? Right, or, right. you know, when's the last time you heard silence in the church? Mm. We fill every nook and cranny with noise and our own, you know, our own programming and make sure that it, it all flows perfectly because any interruption, you know, is uncomfortable. Right. So yeah, anyway, that, that's, that's huge. I'm, I'm on a soapbox here a little yeah. bit. So that's... <laughs> Hey man, uh, that's a pretty big thing. Oh, I love that. You know, the prioritizing again the order is is very important. You know, because again, that power that actually helped you know somebody you know get sober or you know uh, break free from whatever you know uh, addiction. You know, we tend to begin to rely on ourselves or right. even a sponsor, a, an accountability partner, and uh, we begin to depend on that person versus the actual, you know, person of Christ, right? And God, the father, God, the son, and the Holy spirit, like you've been mentioning. Hey, John, I wanted, I wanted to transition and ask you, you know, through this pandemic, man, you know, uh, we know that it's driven a lot of people into isolation, which means that, you know, people are used to having routines, you know, again, processes that they're used to, you know, you hear 90, 90 meetings, 90 days, you know, do this process, that process, and that'll help you get sober. Um, what has been, 
a resounding uh, or a voice that you've heard, man? Because I know you have testimonies that people have come out of all over the country where, you know, people are desperately seeking to get into community or uh, reorient themselves into new processes. Um, you know, what's been going on? And I know you you are leading, spearheading this uh, online recovery process. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, walk us through that, May. Give us a testimony of what's going on out there. What are you hearing? So, yeah, that's kind of the second reason is is what, what we've found to be really important is that um, – is that, and this is my strong opinion, um, and anybody can push back if they want to, but, but I think that this epidemic, um, this COVID epidemic is, is going to change things permanently Yeah. as far as how people view large group gatherings. Mm. And um, I mean, I, I have some folks who are terrified. They're struggling with anxiety and fear and terrified to go out there um, into the into the world that we live in today because this this has triggered something inside of them that um, that just makes makes life feel even more out of control especially if they've gone through you know we had a, a girl get up and share her story of just recently and it's on temple represents if anybody wants to watch it on sure. you know facebook but um you know she shared about about you know being sexually abused for you know for a period of six or seven years by her brother you know and and when those kinds of things happen when you have that level of of abuse in your life things feel very out of control and when they feel out of control you feel very unsafe you know and so just just i'm a licensed clinical social worker i do you know, therapy part-time as well um, at a counseling clinic. You just see an increase in anxiety, see an increase in, in, um, in just people having a, a legitimate fear of, of, um, of just going outside of their doors. And so what I think is, is like more and more we have an opportunity to reach folks who are struggling in that area. Um, if we decide to do what Jesus did and we, we meet them where they are, mm, <laughs> you amen. know, I yes. mean, otherwise you're saying to, you're saying to people who are terrified to leave their homes to come to church or come to your recovery program or, you know, because that's where, you know, that's where they're going to get help. It's it, to me, it's like saying to somebody, you need to get yourself stitched up before you come to the hospital. Yes. You know, you need to get healed before you come to the hospital. It's like, no, we do not offer ambulance service. You know, yes, we need to meet them. You know, we got to send out our paramedics. You know, I feel like in some ways that's what the online uh, community, the recovery community offers is like, you know, we're going to go, we're going to go there to meet you. And uh, because that's what Jesus did, you know, we're going to go into your home and we're going to give this to you. And then we've got people who, you know, just an amazing person that, that right now is, um, keying up to be one of our recovery alive leaders okay. is somebody whose husband mm. um, has um, is waiting for uh, an organ transplant. I, I mean, mm. if if she brings COVID home, he's he's not going to make it. Yeah. He just simply will not make it. And it's mm. just not worth the risk. And right now, her um, her recovery community 
doesn't offer online. They're meeting in person and they don't offer anything online. And so she is simply without a recovery community right now. And so um, all of those things tell us that there's just no reason that we cannot offer a permanent online option for people to have a full recovery experience. There's just no reason to do it. You know, I've been told safety is an issue, but in a lot of ways, you know, if we if we start talking about groups, if you have groups online, which AA has been doing forever. Sure. But if you have groups online, it's actually safer in a lot of ways. One of the coolest things, you know, I know, you know, I don't know, both of you guys have run a, a, a like an open share group. Yeah. But there's been times where I've wanted to have a button where I could push mute on somebody <laughs> in person. You know what I mean? Yep. But you can't you can, but you can do that when you're online. You can actually do that oh, or yeah. you can just or you want to grab somebody you by can the mute shirt on collar. Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. You want to grab somebody in person by the shirt collar and toss them out. <laughs> but you can't I mean that's a you know that may not be possible but on Zoom or uh, WebEx or whatever you can just hit Bye-bye. You yeah, know, off yeah, they go. So, so in a lot of ways, it's safer to do groups. And then it's just like anything else, you know. I mean, when you're when you're offering a live service, um, you're just doing the best that you possibly can to make sure anonymity and confidentiality are, are preserved through through your, um, you know, the professionality of what you do with your film crew and all that kind of stuff. So, right. um, and, and, you know, you're at, at times you're, you're always, there's always a risk no matter what. There's always a risk and you just, you try to mitigate those the best you can to protect people's right to, to be uh, anonymous and confidential. That's what I've always said is that you're not, for me, it's not, it's not um, protecting anonymity and confidentiality at all costs because ultimately we, we encourage people to forfeit that when they share their testimony. Ultimately, I mean, the first time I gave my testimony, um, my, the first time I gave my celebrate recovery testimony, I did it in front of I don't know two twenty five hundred people at Saddleback, mm. and um, and then they put it on DVD, you know. <laughs> so it's like, hey, yeah, this thing is uh, <laughs> yeah. this thing is no longer confidential, and that's sort of the goal. So we tr- we we try to protect people's people's right to to keep it until they want to give it away, and then we've done that. Absolutely. You know, we've done that to to a great extent. So yeah, it, you know, we've seen. Um, every month, I don't have the figures in front of me, but but March, I want to say March, we saw an increase of uh, fatal overdoses on opioids mm. increase. I think it was 17% April. Mm. It had gone up, I think, 26 or something. And then May, it had gone up all the way up to, I think it was like 40%. And we wow. didn't have June statistics. Wow. So we know like suicide. Crazy. Uh, suicide and uh, an overdose and, and just a lot of issues are going through the roof. Yep. And like, why wouldn't we use right. every avenue available to us to get the word out That's right. that um, that Jesus Christ has the answer? Why wouldn't we yeah. do that? Absolutely. So. And, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, John, I wanted to have you on our podcast, you know, The Source. You know, we, we talk about business, we talk about family, and we talk about leadership. And yeah. uh, one of the things, you know, that we as leaders, you know, understand, you know, John Maxwell, just to quote him, he says, you know, leadership is influence. And, and what does that mean is that, you know, people are looking for answers 
and they're looking to leaders for those answers. And right. and one of those answers is pivoting. <laughs> I think that's an an overused term. I think every single one of us since the month of March, as leaders have heard in any podcast or <laughs> any YouTube video when it comes to leadership. And so what's exciting about Recovery Alive and why I wanted you to talk about that is because that's what you're doing right. with your ministries. You're pivoting in order to uh, pivot with what's going on with the world. And, yes. you know, with, yeah. All, yeah, with all these shut-ins and, you know, people committing suicide. Um, and, and, and again, it's in leadership, you take risks, you know, and there's, there's always people that are going to push back and say, well, you know, my anonymity or confidentiality is broken. And, and I love that you, you touched on that uh, because listen, one going back to the power of, you know, Jesus is that our identity is not rooted in our, in our junk. That's you know, right. It's not rooted in 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 all of the the stuff that I did. Gosh, even yesterday or this morning, if right. I if I got in an Amen. argument with my wife, you know, uh, you know, trying to get the kids ready for <laughs> distance learning and who's gonna you know train <laughs> them and and who's gonna <laughs> jump on the Zoom calls and all that stuff, you know, uh, it's it, it's it's sin, but I'm not my sin, and so that's a beautiful thing, man. Hey, um, let me ask you this because you you I want to transition back to this because. Listen, on our podcast, John, we have people that um, know of Jesus, but don't have a relationship with him yet. Yeah. And, and so we have business leaders. We have people that, you know, uh, blue collared, white collared, you know, people that have, you know, gigs on the side. Um, but the source, you know, we put we named it the source because we wanted to tell people our, our stories and uh, let them know how we're dealing with all of this that's going on in our worlds. And the source is God. And, yes. so, and so you, as a, as a man that, you know, uh, is flesh and bone, like, like all of us, you know, oh, listening yeah. as a leader, uh, what, what are you doing personally, um, you know, to lead this massive transition? Um, cause I know there's been a lot of hurt. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, uh, I would say, uh, massive transition from you knowing one thing and then now starting something new. And there's a lot of business leaders out there, a lot yeah. of people that are that are leading new things and still trying to figure out, you know, uh, you know, how to do all this. You know, what are you doing? Yeah. So do I'm that? gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you something that is is not very I don't know. I'm just gonna tell you, but say it, bro. <laughs> okay, so there's a guy out there named Gary V. Do you guys know Gary V? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He kills it, man. He's fantastic. <laughs> now using some language, but that's fine. Yep. Right. Yep. So he's brilliant in, in that, you know, he, he just when when you know you see some young kid or whatever coming up and saying, like, what what's the what's the single most important thing that I gotta do to really, you know, grow my online audience or whatever? <laughs> and he's and Gary will say something like stop thinking about how many likes and shares and mm. you know he talks about like that that's not what you're after he says do what you're passionate about yeah. and everything else will take care of itself right he says just do that thing that that just drives you and energizes you and fuels you and make that the bullseye and make that you know that that's what you that's what you're after is yeah. is 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 really don't shift your focus from from that to trying to grow your audience or something like that. Because if you do what you're passionate about, it'll just come naturally or whatever. And so I think that's, that's fantastic in that, you know, he, he talks about competition. He says, don't focus on your comp. Yeah, there's no competition. It's just, you are passionate about what you're passionate about. Do that. 
And so, so in saying that, I'm passionate about something that I truly believe is life and death. Mm-hmm. And that is that if, if people hear about this recovery process, that they could have not just a significant life change, which I believe is true, but, but what, I'm, what I'm believing is that it can save their eternal lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I don't know what you want to get more passionate about mm-hmm. that. You know, I mean, it's like, if I believe that, then nothing else really matters. I mean, I love people here on this earth. I have dear, dear friends who um, are still a part of a lot of ministries that I'm not involved with anymore or whatever. A lot of churches that I'm not involved with or, you know, but, but ultimately my goal is not to make sure that I'm, I'm friends with everybody. It's not to make sure right. that I'm, you know, that, uh, it's not to follow a, a human being or or a process, but it's truly believing that there's this power greater than ourselves who can restore any human being with mm-hmm. any struggle, not just to sanity, but to eternal life. And so, um, focusing on that passion and and p- I love the pivoting stuff. So what I'm you know just talking to your you know to to the folks who are out there running businesses and stuff. You know, it's just what what I'm teaching. The leaders in our ministry is like, you know, it's all about what Paul said. Paul was like, I, I become all things to all men to, to win some. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to just, you got to, I love, you know, I, whether it's overused or not, it's a great word. You know, Starbucks, I read an article about them, how they were way ahead of the curve in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They were all about third space when they first started. They're creating a space. I love Starbucks, a space for people to come and make it kind of their second office to make it a meeting place for business to do all this stuff. But then they started their mobile order, their kind of their mobile app orders before anybody else. (laughs) And when the pandemic hit in a a restaurant industry that's being just decimated, Decimated. Mm -hmm. they are doing just fine. You know what I mean? They're they're thriving. Exactly (laughs) right. And so it's like, you know, we have to be wise as to how um, God is going to ask us, each one of us, what did you do with what you had? Mm. Did you go and bury it? And why'd you bury it? You know? Mm. And so like, just as whatever your, you know, whatever your passion about, whatever it is that you're putting out there, do it unto the Lord. And God told me to pivot. And yeah. so it's just like, Hey man, I don't get my orders from anybody else. I'm all about submission. I'm all about saying, Hey, you know, do, do what your authorities are telling you to do. But, but this is an, this is a situation where I just felt like I had a little higher calling and, and, um, it's, it's scary. Sure. Um, <laughs> anybody who's done any kind of, you know, started their own business or whatever, it's terrifying, but it's, um, church planting. <laughs> you, that's exactly right, buddy. Yeah, oh exactly yeah. Church right. planting, brother. <laughs> but it's, uh, if, if, if you, if, if you don't feel like you are called, if you don't have the certainty, you know, I'm talking to anybody. If you don't have the certainty of of God's anointing upon your life, you're you're it's you're going to struggle. But if you do, nothing can touch you. Nothing can touch you. And that's uh, you know, I'm not always there, but that's where I want to be. John, that is beautifully said, man. You know, uh, you mentioned a big word there, and that's calling. And uh, mm. I would love to, you know, end our our call here today. And and I'm, dude, I'm, Josh. I, I mean, I'm just so grateful, you know, for your time, John. And uh, 
one of the things that I do know, you know, for all of our listens, listeners out there, I would love for you, John, to uh, talk about this one calling that is by far the most important calling that, that God is calling every single person to, and that is to salvation, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, John, I, I, I want to give you the, the, the microphone again, and if you can talk to those that, man, have been feeling a tug in their hearts, you know, that God has been calling them, uh, talk to the, to the man out there that has been struggling with, am I doing things right as a man? Um, I, I tend to do things, but things f- crumble and they fall apart. I've been leaning mm-hmm. on myself and what I know. Uh, man, if you can talk to them, you know, about this calling to salvation, man, I would love for you to, you know, close yeah. with that, you know, and let them know. Yeah, man. So you, whoever is listening, you know, you know, you know that you were made on purpose, that you were created fearfully and wonderfully. You are designed for a purpose. And when you feel that emptiness, when you feel that that sense of of purposelessness, that that is God's presence. That's God's presence saying, if you're thirsty, come and drink. I've got something where you'll never thirst again. And there is a God who wants to connect with you. He loves you. And I'm telling you right now, it's not complicated. It's simple. All you have to do, all you have to do is call out and say, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Mm. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you did that for me. And if it would have just been me, you'd have did it. You've done that for me. I believe that you were raised from the dead. And just as you say, because you live, I can live also, you say you are the resurrection and you are the mm. life. And so if you are out there listening and you right now want to connect with the power, the power that you've always known is out there. I believe everybody does. man. I, I know. I think everybody Amen. knows it, yeah. but you have been resisting it. It's not complicated. Mm. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to call a pastor. <laughs> you simply... The, the veil was torn in two. That means mm. that you can have a direct relationship right now with Jesus. I promise you, you can have a misery back guarantee. Yeah. If if you call out to Jesus Christ, he will answer you right now. Yes. And so I just recommend highly that you do that right now. Just call out to Jesus mm. and live and have life that is truly life. Amen. 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 Hey, John, um, can you give us all your handles, brother? Where can people find you and your ministry? So if you search Facebook, which that's right now a place where just so much is happening, Mm -hmm. um, just search Temple, T-E-M-P-L-E, represents. Just search that, and you can see all of our live stuff going on right now. This Friday night, we got a kid whose brother was killed nine months ago in a car accident young Mm. young guy he's going to share his story this friday night it's going to be amazing so make sure you check that out um you know you can go to recoverylive.com and and check out uh the new ministry we're just getting started so be patient we're under construction but you can see some of the vision that we have there um you know look me up on uh 
on Instagram or, or, or Facebook search, search John Eklund, you'll find me. And, uh, but yeah, just be praying for us. If, if you're out there and you know how to pray, just pray for us. We got a lot of work to do, but we're excited. Awesome, man. Hey, if anybody prayed, you know, with John and accepted Jesus Christ, you know, please know that you're not alone. You know, I know this pandemic isolates a lot of people, but reach out. There's a lot of resources. You know, you can reach out to John Eklund, to myself, to Josh, to Clemente, who's not here today. Hey, we're here for you guys. Don't do life alone. That's right. Mm -hmm. And and with that said, um, before we send it off, I just want to ask Josh to, uh, you know, yeah say what you got brother yeah well definitely just like john said like call out to god call out to Mm -hmm. jesus um those that are going through it who see no hope coming out of this whole situation um actually just this week uh my friend's neighbor committed suicide Mm. and um just you know 29 years old just couldn't see past this yeah you know this pain and this and everything that we're going through but i did want to just share the national suicide prevention Mm, um, lifeline which is always available 24 hours a day and it's 1-800-273-8255 that's 1-800-273-8255 you're not alone you are definitely not alone you are wanted you are needed you are loved yes and um just uh, reach out yeah. John, thank you so much Amen. again for being on Amen. the Source Podcast, Thanks, brother. Um, all you out there, you know, follow him, you know, and again, you know, he's live on Friday nights, you know, uh, uh, you know, at uh, Recovery Alive and uh, at Temple also, right, John? So, yeah, you can go on YouTube and look up Temple Represents. And Temple uh, represents. yeah, we, so what, what's just real quick, what's cool is, is that our church, um, it's just, basically another weekend service. We're up to, you know, close to 300 people in person and a bunch of people watching. So yeah, look us up. Hey, you guys are doing great work. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Anytime, brother. Thanks everybody. And again, uh, don't forget to subscribe and we'll talk to you guys next time. God bless.